one, two, Dylan, shoot. Welcome, everyone, to Carpe Noctum. Episode number, who knows what this one is. This, I don't know. It, I know this is uh, season two, episode 15. So five. You, you know we're starting to make it when we can't remember how many episodes we have. Because we're, we're just doing so well. We are. We've actually been doing a lot better this year. Well, we've been good at recording. We haven't... I haven't been good at editing. That's fine. That's but, details. Know, whenever details. it's, you know, one person doing all the producing and... Okay. All okay. the editing. All right. Yeah. Anyway. All right. I'm the personality. Well. I also bought... I, I bought the microphone, so there's that contribution. You did. So I guess that's reason enough to keep you around. Why don't you get a second microphone eventually? You can make this a lot easier, I think. We can't let our audience know why our audio sucks every week. It needs to remain a mystery. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So it's a mystery. You didn't hear that, guys. It's but a good I, microphone. It is. Yeah. What are you drinking? I am drinking... Mean, you actually made this drink for me today. It is called... The Grinch. It Apparently, is. it's a seasonal holiday drink. Uh, hence yeah. the name. It's in, yeah. it's the same color as the Grinch, and it's delicious. It's actually really good. It's it's like a sweet and sour kind yeah. of taste. Like a I'm at like a Jolly Rancher, like a green apple Jolly Rancher. That's how, yeah. I mean, that is it's, what, it, what it tastes like. It's sweet from the Midori and sour from the lemon. Um, but I it's you getting know, in my mustache as well. Okay, well. Maybe you should shave your face, you dirty hippie. No. Um, Too lazy, too. Yeah, I know. I'm drinking a a Boulevardier, which is... It's like a Negroni. That's the more common drink. But that is with gin and uh, sweet vermouth and Campari. This is bourbon and sweet vermouth and Campari. That's the only difference between the mm. Boulevardier and the Negroni. But uh, it's solid. It's boozy and bitter, just like me. All so, right. fits well. <laughs> fits very All well. All right, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. All right, so, so what are we talking about tonight? What we got? Oh, what, boy. What we got going on, huh? This is going to be a controversial episode. Uh, another one? Yeah. We never do this. But I don't Ever. know just what I'm talking about. I don't know about you, but uh, eh, that could be a little bit. Um, but probably not. Well, what what is yours? So mine, as you all know, I like video games. Mm-hmm. So this one actually is. It starts off video game related, but it kind of you can talk about it in multiple aspects. So as of right now, I actually watched a video today. Uh, describing some of the problems that uh, game Counter-Strike Global Offensive is having with getting sponsors for their teams and their tournaments and whatnot. They're still getting high sponsors, I think, like uh, Audi, Honda, uh, like a couple, like other big companies are investing, but a lot of the other companies that will invest in other games like League of Legends or Dota 2 or uh, Overwatch or, any, or games like that won't invest in Counter-Strike. And the, the reasoning behind it, the thought behind that, is kind of the almost, almost controversial nature of how the game is played. So in, in a Counter-Strike Global Offensive, there's two teams of five. One team is uh, called the Terrorists, and one is called the Counter-Terrorists. And the objective of the game is the Terrorists go and plant a bomb and blow something up. And the Counter-Terrorists stop them, or, you know, they, or each team kills the other person on the team. And because of that, 
because of the fact that it's terrorist versus counter-terrorist, some companies don't really want to invest in that because they're just how charged our political climate is these days, just in the world, which is interesting. Yeah. So, I don't... So I'll be honest, like when I when I was first learned about CSGO, and I was like terrorists versus counter terrorists, I was like, oh that seems kind of a little odd that it would be labeled as such. But after like I watched the games or like I got merch, I was like, oh I think it's there's there's almost nothing really you can say about it. Like it's a very it's in name only, are they terrorists right. really? Like there's no like no one's gonna go play Counter Strike Go and like ah I'm gonna go, you know, join ISIS now. Well, that that that's something I'm I'm curious about. My first question is, what do the terrorists look like? Do they look like soldiers? Do they look Islamic? Do they look? I mean, is it is it prejudicial in that way? I think it's it's depending on like each map has different skins for like who you are. I think one it was like in Italy, and it looks like Italians with white masks over their face and like little bold oh, yeah. hats. So okay. specific to the map, right. but I mean. They're not just overtly terrorists. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, they're not, you know, have an ISIS flag stuck on their back running through the field. See, that seems no different than, like, Call of Duty, then. Yeah, like, no, it, if Call anything, they don't necessarily look like terrorists. It's more just... I'd say it looks more like militia. Okay. Like, some sort of, like, militia resistance force, if anything. Well, yeah, because some of the maps in, in Call of Duty, the, the skins are, like... Islamic dress mm-hmm. and Arab dress and um, but they don't use the word terrorist you know they just yeah. use uh, whatever is applicable for that map so that's must just be that word then yeah. and also the, the way the game is played and the way like you watch it you don't really pay attention to the skins that much like they're very I want to say dressed down but very like basic like there's no there's not a whole lot of flair going on they're like browns or dark browns and blacks or like light grays and you know, dark blues and blacks so there's nothing like eye catching or popping to it. like you don't even right. really notice the skins as much honestly so have, has any company commented publicly mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what uh, they I'm trying to remember I should have had you watch the video beforehand but basically they 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 just didn't want in, for some reason, they didn't want to be associated with that. They didn't want to invest in mm-hmm. that area, even though they, like, they'll invest in, uh, you know, Overwatch or any of those other games right. as well, because they're not they don't have the title of terrorist versus counter terrorist. Right. Uh, and one of the other games, Rainbow Six Siege, which seems to get some of those sponsors. The way that they get around it is there's because it's a training simulation between for the Rainbow Six operatives, which are in itself, Rainbow Six is a counter-terrorist hostage, like situation group you right. know, that, that does good, quote unquote, around the world. Right. And so they have simulations where they have attackers versus defenders. And so there's none of that like political charge, right? Atmosphere in it, which. Mm. Well, speaking of these types of. Uh... So I mean, it, right now, like it is in video games, but that also kind of applies to a broader, just sense of you know what what is too far that you shouldn't like how far is too far when it comes to naming or nomenclature or you know making things i guess in my opinion yeah 
is this a topic for discussion? I don't know. Because um, I, I think about... I think about this in the context of certain TV shows. I mean, even, like, one of the most prominent ones right now is Homeland. I mean, it always seems that the terrorist involved, the threat involved, is always uh, an Arab and almost always Islamic. Um, and then, of course, uh, Amazon Studios knew Jack Ryan, which it was very good, but, again... It's always focusing on Islamic terrorists. The number of, of movies that focus on it, all the way back in the 90s, the movie called The Siege with Denzel Washington and Bruce Willis, and then, of course, all the way up to, to more recently. Um, all of these movies seem to focus on uh, a terrorist group, the terrorist group always being Islamic. And on the one hand, that reflects reality in a way that uh, there are a number of terrorists in the world, a number of them are Islamic, but on the other hand not all terrorists are Islamic, and of course not all Muslims are terrorists, and uh, of course there's also uh, the question of do we form uh, culture or does culture form us, and if culture is doing more of the forming of us, the way it portrays these terrorist groups um, sometimes that can build prejudices, you know, against uh, is Islamic groups, whether you know terrorists or not. I mean, even people like uh, groups like um, CARE, the Center for American Islamic Relations. You know, they have a prominent group right here in Oklahoma City. Uh, but some people refer to that group as a terrorist organization, which is absurd. Uh, it certainly is not, but uh, referring to ISIS as a terrorist group is certainly more accurate. I said it's very accurate. I yeah. think that's uh, kind of a definition of a terrorist group. Yeah, but, but obviously those two are not on the same plane, no. and when you look at uh, when, you're constant, when you're saturated with movies and TV shows like that, that portray Muslims that way, it, it sort of would give you the impression almost that they are the same. Now, of course, it you know requires that the um, the audience be responsible and conscious, and obviously uh, direct themselves away from that, remind themselves that this is just fiction. But you know, that's not always the case. <laughs> you know, no, the Jack Ryan that's that's based on book series, isn't it? Yes, uh, Tom Clancy. Okay, I thought so. I thought it was Tom Clancy. Which, by the way, just as an aside, he's listed as an executive producer, but he's dead. So he's been, yeah. So I don't know how that works. I don't know if they have, like, is... a deal with, like, his estate <laughs> that he continues to be listed as a producer. Because it is his probably. material. It's his... I guess... But, like, he's not there as a producer, so... I don't know. I don't know where that line is. Or maybe, like, he is in that a representative of his estate is there representing his interests. On behalf of Tom Clancy? I'd assume it'd be something along that line. Yeah, maybe, but, but I don't know. It is it's strange. just, yeah, but anyway, back to what yeah. you were talking about. Yes, yeah, so like in, so also we go back to like the CSGO. If you were to take away like the name like terrorist and non terrorist, just replace with like attacker, defender, yeah. you honestly, you wouldn't be able to tell like the difference. Like you, right. you, you wouldn't look at the character like, ah, oh, it's obviously terrorists. It's like, well, right. then, meh. So that like they're not, 
overtly terroristic, I'd say. Well, that's and that's why I feel like if this you know more more widely talked about, some uber conservatives would probably be like, "This is ridiculous that these people are clearly terrorists, and you don't want to uh, sponsor this." A competition just because the game calls them what they are, you know. And it's if it's within the game, I mean, who who cares, you know? And I say that as someone yeah, with a PR yeah. degree, someone who's in PR and in communications, like. But as, if you were asked someone who's been playing this game for the last fifteen years, you know, it's they're like, no, that's part that's part of the game. Know. That's what you know. Yeah. That's what it is. That's always what it's been. And so yeah. the idea to change that just in order to please a couple companies. Is like is that really necessary? Or the companies need to just kind of yeah. realize that their stance is a little, little taking it a little bit too far, a little too much, just to like not even associate yeah. with something that's like oh it's it's a terrorist. Oh no, when it, 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 on, in all honesty, if you look at it, it's pretty benign. Yeah, in all things, and and this is this is what I think is funny, and I'll say this as uh, someone in PR, some brands, some companies, they they focus on such small things that like no one would talk about, like this, if uh, Audi is gonna sponsor this tournament, and they are sponsoring. I'm, I want to say it is Audi. Yeah, they sponsor a team. Okay, like Honda to sponsor okay. a team. Like there's, right. there's there's big companies. I think Nike even. Sponsors mm-hmm. some CSGO teams. I don't know if it's Nike, but it's, it is a clothing brand that sponsors okay. some teams. So these brands are sponsoring. Whether or not they do or don't, I mean, no one's going to no one's gonna say, oh, clearly they support terrorists, or clearly they support ongoing conflict and war, or whatever, just because they, they sponsor a video game mm-hmm. tournament, you know? And, and there are these brands that are clearly trying to stay conscious of that and watch their connection to it, and they're scared of that. But then they are completely tone deaf when it comes to using the death of a celebrity to promote their brand. Or just earlier today, early, oh my God, this was sickening. I thought, um, you know, just Justice uh, Jesse Jesse Smollett from out of Chicago. He was on uh, Empire Fox Networks uh, Empire. Uh, he is being accused of uh, filing a false re- police report because he, he said he was like a victim of a hate crime. And oh, as, I think I saw that, yeah. yeah. As Chicago PD investigated it, they're like, there's no evidence to support this, and we think you're saying this uh, for the attention. Um, someone on uh, LinkedIn who runs, I think it's like a network for doctors, he was talking about how this is sad and clearly this man needs medication and therapy and he should use his service <laughs> to a, find it. What a shameless I'm like, plug. What the hell is wrong with you? I mean, sure, this this is problematic, but this even goes beyond this guy, this celebrity filing a false police report for attention. This is talking about people with mental health issues and you're just going to plug your service that you're going to like flip off both these groups of people just that's, so just to, to what to stay relevant like that's absurd. why why did you do that you know i mean and, and then of course like when prince died there were so many companies that tweeted stuff about like the color purple and some of them were more relevant like uh, maker's mark they once had you know like that red wax that they put on top of theirs they had once done it purple 
So they kind of brought that back up. You know, that's a little bit more relevant. But yeah, it's like, more just, like, oh, hey, recognize, like, yeah. sorry, Princess died. Yeah, but, like, thing. changing your irrelevant product and putting... Or, or one of them was uh, Getty Images. <laughs> they posted one of their pictures with their watermark and said, get your Prince pictures. And just, oh like... God. so So there's stuff like that that is clearly tone-deaf and just moronic brainless stuff like that and then there are brands that worry about stuff like this as if this is problematic as if anyone's gonna make this connection that that there's some bigger issue about terrorism at play and from what it sounded like it was a lot of uh european based countries or companies as well now the big presence in europe there with this which is interesting i mean they they are they are touching some of these countries where some of these terrorists are located they are dealing with terrorism more often than we are sure but like still that yeah. seems like a stretch if, if if anything's if you're worried about like pissing off a terrorist i don't think supporting counter-strike is gonna i, I bet you terrorists play that game it's like a training. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, they might. Uh, but I don't think that's that's not what's going to push people over the edge. That's yeah. not what's going to... Some young guy who's just on the computer is not going to go, you know what? I see I see their point. After playing CSGO, I see their point. I'm going to go join ISIS or uh, whatever local terrorist organization <clears throat> is there. I see their point. You've got That's, a you know, you've got a good point. What's odd is that I feel like you get more, you get closer to that from watching a show like Homeland. Oh too. yeah, Homeland or like High, or Man in the High Castle. Yeah. or like uh, Jack Reacher. You you'd or Jack Reacher, Jack Ryan. You'd see you. I mean, Homeland especially. Just I don't know about. I'm not. I haven't watched the whole thing, but in the first season, like you see that that uh, U.S. drones like killed a bunch of kids and that is what has turned some of these people into wanting to attack the U.S. And that, you, you almost understand that. That you yeah. can sympathize with. Seeing yeah. these dead kids in the streets because it shows a drone strike. Seeing these dead kids in the streets, it you know, you're almost like, I understand this a little bit. I, I get it. I obviously still disagree, but I, I at least can sympathize with the idea of you feeling justified in this attack. And uh, that is nothing like Counter-Strike. Like, there's, there's no... There's no... Street, there's there's no there. motivation. It's just like, all right, what's your goal? We're going to go plant that yeah. bomb. Why? Because we're going to go plant because, that bomb. Because. Because we this want, is a game. Because we want to win the game. We want to win this game. That's all That's why is. we got to go plant that bomb, because I want to win. Yeah. Like, that's it. It's not like there's, there's, there's no like, backstories. Like suddenly you're an IRA member and it's going to give you your name, your whole family, and, and give you the history of the struggle between Ireland and the UK. That's no. not going to be a thing. No, it's it's not. Like, it's, you know, it's not going to explore the the geopolitical uh, conflict between the United States and Iran, for example. It's not. That stuff isn't there, you know. This this is a game. No. It's all, it's a game with like a couple labels that yeah. came out fifteen years ago. Yeah. So I don't th- I don't think they should change the uh, the labels. No. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think they should do that. I doubt they do. Valve is Valve, are the creator and owners of the game. Probably the 
just absurdly wealthy company. Like they, <laughs> they, they, they are the monopoly in video games right. and tournaments and whatnot at the moment. Like they're, they have no need to bow down. Right. Which is kind of cool, but. Right. Well, that's and I mean that's they're the lucky thing. like that, that. Well, that's the thing with like Showtime and HBO too. I mean they they don't rely on advertisers and they can put and put on an air essentially whatever they want without having to follow the same guidelines or even think about the same stuff that network TV, hence why HBO and Showtime have such better shows mm-hmm. than network TV. And part of that is how, you know, how they run their business, and part of that is also because they got, they got, they got big bucks. You know? they got, yeah, they got some, some cash to throw the, the budget for just a single Game of Thrones episode oh, it's, is absurd. It's insane. <laughs> Netflix is kind of so, Netflix, not as much as HBO, but in the same yeah, way. Yeah, I mean Netflix is kind of that same they, way. They're like, hey, we want to do a thing. We don't have to go through anyone. The only way we have yeah. to approve it is us. Yeah, Amazon Studios. Yeah, is like that too. which I am. I'm enjoying more and more and more. Yeah, because like the more I look back on like the TV shows and whatnot we watched up, it was very cookie cutter of like this is the line and you don't cross it. Yeah, like this is what happens with Netflix, HBO, Amazon, like anything goes. Yeah, like I don't like the show. Uh, Maniac. I don't know if you ever watched that with Emma Stone and Jonah Hill. On Netflix. Yes, it's on I, Netflix. It's a Netflix original. I haven't seen it. I've it's seen brilliant. It. I know of it. It's yeah. fantastic. It a- never would have been aired on that on TV. Well, yeah. Like ever. Like oh, if you yeah. if you pitch that to any studio, they'd be like, absolutely not. You could. You. Uh, I mean, you could say that about almost any HBO show. Just even something like Veep. That's like, it's. Or Vice Principles. Vice Principles is even more so. Vice Principles is just funny, but just the number of times they say fuck. All the way up to something like, I'm, I'm going through Oz right now, which started in the late 90s. It's a, a prison show. There is so much. Of, it's almost absurd how much full frontal male nudity there is. And there was even this one. Oh my god. I, it's, it's actually insane. So, you know, the butts are common. On but. on TV, they're, they're uh, especially funny. premium networks. But there was this one instance where uh, Christopher Maloney, which many people know him as Elliot Stabler from Law and Order SVU on NBC. He left there back in 2012 or 13. But he had a very long career there. But prior to that, he was on Oz on HBO. He had a prominent role in that show, and there was... This time where he was like trying, he was like pissing off his friend, and he didn't just moon him; he spread his ass cheeks, Ugh. and it showed it. And Ugh. and this was on. I mean, this was this seemed like just like this is beyond like normal, like even like Game of Thrones level nudity. This yeah, is like that's, that's just gross. Know, so so <laughs> no one wants to see that. So I mean, so, that's on something. I mean, HBO, but HBO can do that. I mean, yeah. now of course this aired. I think that episode probably aired in two thousand two or two thousand three. So maybe back then there was like a huge uproar, but it doesn't matter because it's HBO and they don't have advertisers they have to answer to. They don't have cable companies they have to answer to. You know, so. Uh, they have the the creative integrity. These platforms can can kind of boost that, um, but this is so far off where where we had originally began. That's fine. I, I'm fine with it developing this. Um, yeah. So, well, well, I mean, I do feel like it ties back in, and that advertisers suck sometimes. Yeah. Whether they are sponsoring a game or a competition, or they are advertising uh, in a in a TV show slot. 
and, and I say this as, again, someone involved in communications and in PR, I, one of my biggest problems with the public relations and, and advertising community is that the truth doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is how people are going to perceive things. So if you're going to advertise on Tucker Carlson's time slot on Fox News, clearly it means you must endorse fascism or some nonsense. Oh, yeah. You know, It doesn't matter that it's just a widely viewed time, time slot and you're just trying to promote your business. Suddenly you are promoting any and everything that Tucker Carlson says, says on his show. And big advertisers suddenly have influence, whether it's something like Fox News or whether it's like something like native advertising in the New York Times or in the Atlantic, you know, where it's an article that you almost can't even tell is actually an advertisement. It just looks like an article, you know. Um, it's, so, it's so subtle and, and they're able to push their influence and... Something like, like I said, like a, like a competition or like a TV show. And, and that's why, one of the reasons why, every time Bill Maher says something controversial and people call for him to, to resign or HBO to fire him, nothing happens because he's on HBO. And, it doesn't and, matter. And he can say what he wants. Yeah. He did network TV back on ABC and he got fired in 2003 for saying something that pissed some people off. Advertisers fled ABC and so they fired him. When YouTube, and he's been with HBO ever since. So YouTube's having that big problem now because oh yeah, like they're they can't figure it out. No, they, they're, they, they're a hot mess. They are an absolute hot mess with it when it comes to advertisements right yeah. now and copyright strike. It's yeah, I I cause like some like some of the YouTubers I watch like like they 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 do like video games like random stuff like has nothing to do with this. And every once in a while they'll come up with me like, guys like this is what's going on with YouTube right now yeah. and it's. It's, it's hurting us yeah. because of like the, the adpocalypse yeah. where it's like, oh, you, we don't, we like, someone reported that you might be doing something wrong. Right. We're demonetizing your channel. Yeah. Like, the demonetizing. And, like, it's with, affecting like, a lot of people. Yeah. It's affecting a lot of like YouTubers yeah. that have been there since the start. Even like benign people, like not like conservatives, but even like people who have once talked to a prominent, like people who have once talked to Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin's not even a conservative, but he's like associated with what is called the intellectual dark web with that like group of conservatives mm. that are pushing for classically liberal ideas. Um, and so all of the, all his videos, most of Ben Shapiro's videos, they're all being demonetized. But then, and even if you agree with that, I think that's absurd, but that's fine. But like people who aren't even associated with them officially, it's spreading to a lot more places. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are being demonetized for just absurd things. Well, it, it all it all originally started, uh, which it's a good point where I think it was like Pepsi or someone found out that their ads were being run on ISIS recruitment videos. I mean that I, which, that's a that I agree with. Like yeah, yeah like, <laughs> that that should not be happening. I'm fine with like Pepsi. Like hey, we don't want that. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's one hundred percent. I get that. Yeah. I get that. But to the point where it's like. Oh, this person might have said something off the cuff that didn't quite agree with the co- the, the political climate that's going on right now. Yeah, demonetized. Yeah, and it's it's like every action they do is just a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, and it's it's kind of going downhill for them. They're having some real issues. And and bringing that up, that's another thing that I think is is so absurd that that and Twitter is like this too that they are trying to embrace like these quote unquote hate speech policies. But then the way they enforce them is completely arbitrary. There's no principle to it. It's just all over the place. I mean, the very fact that there are ISIS recruitment videos still on YouTube 
But then, like, a conservative's video will get demonetized because it uh, violates some terms and conditions. The very fact that this is even present and was once once had advertisers on it. But then these guys over here, who's not, they don't have hate speech. They're just talking about ideas, like what happens on Dave Rubin's show. Suddenly, they're getting demonetized. It's almost like putting them on the same level. Despite the fact that this hate speech policy that they now have, one of them clearly violates it. But they're both really being punished in the same way. Yeah. You know? And Twitter's that, Twitter's that same way in that uh, you can take something that is totally horrible that someone said and they'll be, uh, they'll be, uh, they won't get, they won't get kicked off. They won't get their account locked for a couple of days. And then someone will say something that's either clearly a joke or something that is just politically incorrect, and they'll get banned for 48 hours, or 24 hours, or 12 hours. Well, who you know? was it? it was an Asian writer who basically called white people, like, gremlins in the ground who are good for nothing, and, like, yeah. just, like, a who now, quick, yeah. who now writes for the New York Times, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, uh, nothing happened to her. Like, nothing like, happened to her. Explicitly racist and hateful and, comments. And someone, a couple people very, who like, called her on it, they were banned. They were... They were locked out of their account for a day as punishment. But she she's still on there. And, and like, you know, I'm not saying whether or not you think either one of these people should be banned, whatever, that's up to you. But, like, I'm saying to, to YouTube, to Twitter, if you're going to have this policy, be principled with it. Make, Endorse make, it across the spectrum. Make a large document saying, hey, this is how we're governing it. Send it to everyone. And, and then, then that actually then do actually it. follow along with <laughs> yes, because you know hates uh, Twitter has the they even call it like this hate speech and and, and conduct review terms and there I mean there are many people that I see on there or used to see I don't see them anymore but I used to see them and I'm like how does that not violate it and like and I'm you know I'm a free speech absolutist I don't necessarily think it should violate anything I don't think there should be conduct rules to violate but like if you're gonna have the rules enforce them and enforce them equally whether it's a liberal idea or a conservative idea if it's a hateful idea enforce your rules yeah. <laughs> you know or or if the person who says it is clearly they they're more left-leaning or more right-leaning if if someone says something wrong yeah, enforce your rules. Doesn't matter who it came from. And and that has been my biggest problem with the way, especially Twitter, has just been handling their their recent issues because it seems like they don't they have no effing idea what they're doing, and and, and they have absolutely no principle with it. It's completely arbitrary. Every new incident is self-contained. Yeah, it's 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 just getting a bit absurd at the time, like how how safe advertisements trying to play it or like how much ruling power they're trying to pull especially with companies like YouTube yeah or Twitter or like TV or anything like that where like the, the slightest whisper of something controversial and they'll, they'll immediately knee jerk pull yeah whatever money they were gonna do so which one of the reasons I think that cable television is gonna die even faster than it already is I don't know how it's still around at this yeah point, but, seriously just like which I, I'm 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 very I'm I'm fine with. Yeah, we talked we said that last yeah, week. Like we, we don't even watch live TV much and uh there are a number of people that do, but like honestly it is it's a dying medium and that's okay. Yeah. That is, it is okay. It's fine with me. If like I I'm fine with that. But the shows on Netflix yeah. and Amazon, even Hulu, like way better than anything that's on T V. Yeah. 
Oh, like definitely. even the shows that were good, like even Breaking Bad, I can still go watch on Netflix, which yeah. are Breaking Bad, arguably one of the best TV shows ever made. Sure. Uh, and 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 that's an, another thing that I think is funny. Uh, a lot of the best shows that are being made aren't being made by net. Isn't they're not being made by network TV anymore. And and even some of the, some of the programming that people are watching, maybe there's an episode in the future where we can explore this in uh, in depth. But the democratization of of media. Uh, over the past even just decade or even just five years is is quite extraordinary. I mean, even even HBO, a big name like that, the way that they work is that they give the show creators uh, creative control over their content. And so that is why there can be such uh, diverse and quality, there can be diverse and quality content on a single network. Oh, yeah. Which isn't going to be the case. But then even if you, you know, get away from TV, even like some videos on YouTube or even podcasts, you know, more people are, are going and, and creating their own stuff for people. And, or, or writing, you know, yeah. whether they're self-publishing on Amazon or they're creating a long-form journalism on, on Medium. The you same know? for video games as well. Like there's, like you can publish your own game on Steam. Yeah. Like you don't have to go through any... Distribution yeah. or anything, you just make a game, you throw it out of steam. And some of the probably some of the best games have come from indie companies. Yeah. Also, if you look at like the TV shows, probably it's like the top five, ten TV shows have not been on network. Like when no. you think about like Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, Westworld, uh, The Sopranos. The so- yeah, like just like most like TV shows, like the last like five years or so. Oh, the big okay. five years, not The Sopranos, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah, so like the like the top TV shows everyone's talking about. I've been either a man in the high castle from Amazon, yeah. Jack, you know, Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan. Yeah. The the biggest show. I is, want to keep saying Jack Reacher. You want to say Jack Reacher? So close. Jack Ryan. And they're very like similar as well. Like yeah. it's all about a guy who fights. You know, he's a military both, and fights terrorists. Both Tom Clancy. Yeah. Both, uh, so yeah, like those shows, like the biggest shows everyone's been talking about, have not been on network. I don't even know what's playing on network television anymore. Last, I have no idea. Last night during the Oscars, um, I watched the Oscars. I, I went to an Oscar party. That's the only reason. <laughs> I, I didn't really watch there too. I was eating and drinking more than anything. But uh, when I was there, uh, some of the uh, announce or some of the commercials were for you know TV shows. Uh, the Oscars were on ABC, so you know some of them were on ABC or, or even some other networks. And I would just like see these commercials for these TV shows. I'm like, what is that? What? Why is that a thing? Oh yeah, like some of these, like especially like the the sitcoms. Yeah, these look awful. Oh yeah, they look so like I'm just like I why would I watch that? Yeah, why would I watch that? Why can go watch uh, Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which is a fantastic show. But I mean, I will say this, and this is probably more of a generational thing than anything else. But unfortunately, Orange is the New Black. That's another one. Oh yeah, the the numbers aren't entirely behind us in a lot of ways they are especially in like who's talking about what but then you know big bang theory even reruns still get 10 million views really uh, yeah I don't, um, that show I don't i don't get it uh now granted you know game of thrones is one of the most watched tv shows even even by network standards they have a tremendously huge audience Oh, but, it's insanely huge. I mean, like, Mad Men is, without a doubt, uh, 
critically, way more, you know, it's more critically acclaimed and it's better made. It's great acting, great story versus NCIS. But NCIS was still averaging 10 million viewers per episode versus AMC and Mad Men, which was between 1 and 2 million. You know, so the numbers aren't entirely in favor of the quality TV. Although I will say, traditionally, the I remember reading about this at the time. The mad the the advertisers, the the audience is more valuable for the people watching Mad Men. <laughs> they are highly educated, higher earners, and more liberal uh, than the people who are traditionally watching like you know NCIS or Big Bang Theory hence why for that you'll see commercials like uh, like body wash or soap or something or deodorant something everyone uses you know like everyone everyone washes themselves everyone no well not everyone but most people <laughs> most mainstream Americans use soap and deodorant the majority of people yeah so that's why they're advertising their their product where where in a time slot where 10, 10 million people are watching Versus the people who are going to be watching Mad Men, where they are going to be advertising a Lincoln or something like that. Lincoln was actually one of their biggest sponsors for that TV show. So, you know, number isn't all, isn't everything. You know, it sometimes just comes down to uh, uh, who. I'm pretty sure Lincoln Lincoln would pay more money than Old Spice. Yeah. Of course, Old Spice commercials are pretty high quality made. I mean, they're like funny, but. Yeah. I mean, they make some good ones. I I, I look but, at some advertisements now, and I'm just like, what advertising? I feel like used to be an art, and now and then there's this garbage. <laughs> Every single Geico commercial ever aired, garbage. <laughs> uh, that one Guinness commercial from a few years ago about uh, the content of your character. Now that was a great. That was a great one. You know, and then there's like this wide berth in between, but. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, the audience for Mad Men was usually more valuable to advertise well, I'm, to. Well, I'm assuming that like a lot of the people that as time goes on, obviously cable's gonna the numbers gonna go down, down, down. Yeah, and they've been just, going down. They've been going down, and like just especially as like I hate to say this, but like as the older generation like dies off. No, yeah, go say it. I'm, I'll like say they it. are, and even yeah. then, like my, my parents. Uh, they don't have, they have the direct, or not direct TV. Yeah, at and like direct TV. And they oh, yeah. usually just use it to watch like the streaming service that AT&T provides. Right. Like cable. Yeah. Like the more and more people, like even the older generation is like starting to switch from cable and just cut it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's getting there. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good thing. Not even just. For the the revolution in quality and and content, but also just maybe I don't know if this is old fashioned or progressive, but I still just hate the fact that there are like TVs at gas station pumps. I don't know. I don't know about around here, but like back home, the the Sunoco in my hometown has TVs that play like local news. Like in the As pumps well, or like like or, in the pumps. Oh, some I've seen some that are around here that are like that. I mean, just I like that. those those like not having not having cable at a at a gas pump 
seems pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's you know that's something small, but I'll be honest. So like I know like a lot of restaurants as well have they'll have TVs playing, yeah. except for Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings is like their thing is a hit. Yeah. Come I mean, watch the game on this giant. If screen. you're going to a bar or something like Republic here in Oklahoma City, like to mostly to watch a game or something. Yeah. That that makes sense. Yeah. But if you're trying to go to like a like a sit down restaurant for a day like, or like uh, family the get brew, together, the, the brew house they have TVs playing, and I hate it. Yeah, I'm like of all places to not have TVs, I feel like the brew house because it's a nice place. Like you're going there to eat. It's like I don't want to be distracted by this TV because yeah. even if I don't want to be, I'll find myself just like watching whatever's on the TV, and like I'll just kind of snap. I'm like, yeah. why am I watching this? Like I'm not. I don't even care about what's going on. Like whatever game or. Like I don't the ones yeah. that I don't understand like ones that have, like movies playing. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's gonna pay attention yeah, to that? Seriously, we're like, not you're wasting you're wasting money. Like yeah. I would be so because I'm so tired because we also like we're, we're staring at screens so much and it's like I'm, it'd be nice to go somewhere where there's just there's not yeah there's just there's just not any and that that's probably my only complaint about Pearl's Oyster Bar is that Pearl's they have good. they have two TVs at the bar. And they're not even, like, big enough to, like, really be in your face. But it's not a bar, I would think, to go to to watch a game. No. It's not a place. No, I'd go to Buffalo Wild Wings for sure. Yeah, like, I, I don't understand why they, why that place that's been on the higher end, that's clearly not trying to cater to, like, a, you know, a sports this... enthusiast group, why they have TVs. And almost, oh, at least one of them is always set to, like, ESPN. Yeah. I'm just like, why? Why? Yeah, unless you're like unless you're specifically catering of like, hey, this is this yeah. is a sports bar or like a sports restaurant where you know you want to come and you know watch the game. And we'll say like of all like Buffalo Wild Wings keep going to like they do it really well. Like they have like yeah. giant projectors and they'll advertise to you like, hey, you know, if you wanna watch uh you know, whatever MMA fights coming up or, you know, uh March Madness or whatever, like, hey, we're we're gonna be streaming it. You yeah. know, come bring your friends and they'll do, they'll run like beer specials and stuff like great advertising for that yeah but that's what they market to that's what they cater yeah. to I'm I, like, I, I don't want to watch I don't want to watch wanna go to, unless, last week's Penn State game while I'm eating gumbo at Pearl's you know? yeah or you go to like a nice steakhouse it's like <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't care about what happened, what's happening on NCIS right now yeah I don't want that you know I just want to eat my steak but yeah um but that but really I think the biggest uh I, the, there are two big things for me that I would say are, are good with the way that the direction that TV is, is headed. One of them, like I said, is the quality. We, I just want to talk about we've taken like a, a weird hard time. I know. Well, we'll start one back. Uh, one, one, two of the, my favorite things about um, the direction TV is headed, like I said, quality and the content. And then, of course, uh, just the... Uh, the general media progress, because you see some of these production companies that are so rooted in, uh, I'll say, in the past, such as TV. I just, I love when those fail. <laughs> you know, cause, you know and, and maybe that's insensitive, but like, I mean, I would say the same, even in 10 or 20 years, I'd say the same about most oil companies right now. I mean, the, the, there are companies that are like standing in the way of progress. TV is so much better on other channels or through other mediums. And there are these old companies that are trying to prevent and slow down that transition. And, you know, obviously Exxon and BP want to slow down the transition to green energy. 
and they continue to lobby and spend money against progress, you know. So whenever they inevitably fail, and they they inevitably fail, there's just, you know, this little bit of satisfaction, (laughs) you know. Like, who is it? Is it MSNBC that has, like, the rights to the Olympics? It's NBC. NBC. Yeah. Yeah, whereas, like, a few years ago, like, I don't remember which Olympics it was. Might have been the last one before that. Where, like, the numbers were kind of abysmal for, like, viewership. Yeah. And, like, everyone was like, oh, well, like, streaming was really coming up. And I was like, oh, we want to stream it. Like, we want to watch the stream. We want to be able to, like, choose our sports or whatnot. Like, the streaming service was awful. Like, trying to find what you wanted to watch. And there was, like, a limited amount of time mm-hmm. that you could watch it. And then the numbers plummeted, and NBC blamed the viewers for not wanting to watch the Olympics properly. I I love that. I love like, like you the like, way you, they blame <laughs> they blame this for not us not wanting to watch it. How yeah. NBC wanted us to watch. And yeah. I was like you. One of them was also like millennials specifically don't yeah. like the Olympics, or millennials are are killing chilies. Well, well, maybe if chilies or Applebee's had good food, we, we would go would, there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, sure, we're killing these restaurants, but that's because they, they were, suck. They were dying anyway. Yeah. They just put the final bullet in Honestly, them. like, don't, don't come at us and say that we're doing this wrong. Applebee's isn't cooking their food right, it's you know? Don't, don't come at me with this nonsense. Applebee's is not good. I mean, all these, like, ignorant baby boomers that are writing these, these think pieces and these op-eds and editorials about how millennials are killing things. It's just so absurd. We're ki- yeah, we are killing cable TV. We're killing Applebee's. I will kill. And cable we're killing TV. the Olympics. <laughs> I will kill cable TV with a pleasure. I, I, love, I will as well. I love the Olympics. I really do like watching. I've Olympics. never, I've never watched. I never really care. I like it. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a bit of a sports guy. Are we gonna? Uh, was there anything else about the counter? No, I think that I think we covered strike. Okay, way more than I think right. we, I thought we would. <laughs> yeah, this this kind of went off the rails, a but bit, uh, yeah, that's fine. You know, power of advertisers. So this next topic, this is where a little bit of the controversy starts. Please continue. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat because yeah, we didn't yeah. touch anything controversial in the last forty minutes either. No. Um. So, the National Health Service okay. out of the United Kingdom. Okay. They are mm-hmm. the entity that executes and runs. Uh, the UK's single payer health insurance program, mm-hmm. their universal health care. Um, they have kind of a, depending on who you ask, of course, uh, they have a, a long running tradition of making some pretty horrible health care decisions um, for the sake of money, politics. Oh. Or for the sake of, uh, well, okay. I, I don't know how to word this without revealing my own bias. Uh, for the sake of bureaucracy is is just is how I can put it. I mean, uh, do you remember in 2017 um, the name Charlie Guard? I have no, I don't. 
Um, he was a baby in the UK that was dying and was not allowed to leave to seek treatment in the US um, because he was a UK citizen and their health system, the way it's set up, I don't know the specifics, but the way it's set up, they have to get care there and uh, everything they do must be, be done with permission and must be done with permission from NHS and with NHS paying. But that means that it has to be done within the country. He was not allowed to leave to seek treatment in the U.S., despite the fact the parents said that they were going to pay for it, just because of the bureaucracy, essentially. Um, he was a, So he was a dying baby, and if I remember correctly, he did eventually die. Um, some people said, you know, he was going to die no matter what. We'll never know. And yeah, you can't make a statement like that, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. We'll All the people know. should have died that are still alive today. Yeah. So, um... So they have like a long documented history of just making horrible decisions. And yesterday, uh, the NHS decided to fine a disabled teenager 100 pounds uh, because she uh, th- she is accused of wrongly she's accused of wrongly claiming a free dental checkup. So she gets fine $100 or 100 pounds, um, and if it's not paid for, she'll face an additional 50-pound surcharge. This disabled teenager has the mental capacity of a two-year-old. She requires round-the-clock care. She does not have the ability to make her own decisions like this, and yet suddenly they get... uh, Documents from the court saying that they are going to be uh, fined over this. Uh, And right now, the NHS is facing an investigation from the National Audit Office over, apparently, allegedly, hundreds of thousands of these types of fines that are targeted specifically towards vulnerable patients. That's sketchy. Yeah. Uh, that's and this is this type of single payer healthcare system is the same type of system that people want to bring to this country that is becoming a mainstream idea within the Democratic Party right now. Yeah, so that's the one thing that I don't like. It's like so it's. Like the single health payer, single healthcare payer system, or the universal healthcare, or whatever system, is I've only ever seen it praised. I've never seen it criticized. Not because, then. like every system can be criticized. Like no system is perfect. Right, including our inclu- current yeah. healthcare system. No, sure. our current healthcare system definitely it's deserves a, criticism. It's a mess. <laughs> it's an absolute mess. But the problem is, it's never criticized. Like arguments or like examples of like this are never discussed about, never talked about. It's just like. How, oh, universal healthcare will solve all the issues. Like, right. No, it will probably solve like a few of the issues, but it will bring along a whole host of other ones. It's not immune to this kind of thing. Right. And then the same people that are running our government are going to be running our healthcare system. 
obviously we're going to have as many problems, if not more. I mean, if you need if you need any proof that the government can't handle healthcare, you just have to look at the VA. The VA, the VA is just for our armed service members, not even for the entire country, and they are a mess. So my, so my dad is retired military, and he has to go through the VA, and he has friends that have had to go through the VA, and then he knows people that have gone through the VA. It is the biggest clusterfuck of any government system yeah. ever. Yeah, it's absurd, just yeah. how badly it, they've messed it up. And even, even if we were to clean that up and then apply it to the country at large, these types of issues wouldn't go away. Because when you have, in this case, the way single-payer health care works, you have that fixed pie. And rationing of health care, critics say that that is specific to private health care. If anything, it's actually it's more likely to be present within public health care because they have an amount that they can spend on health care or do with health care. And if they need to pick one treatment over another when it comes to helping somebody and, you know, budgets coming here or there, they will ration what health care they have because that's how it works. Oh, yeah. You know, there is no getting around it. Like, at least... In, in the U.S., if, if the, you know, the public or human services or Department of Health or whatever told a U.S. citizen that they couldn't seek treatment for their dying baby in another country, that would be absurd. It would be criticized. It would be, it would be attacked even in this country. But because this is happening in the U.K. under single payer, it's not really talked about. Charlie Gard was talked about a lot here. Not be, not really on the news, more so by by people, especially like pro-lifers and conservatives. But then, like this right here, I mean, this article comes out of the the Times in the UK, um, but I haven't seen it in any US publications. And you know, obviously, you could say, well, it's because it's happening in the UK, sure. But this is more prevalent here than ever because people are pushing for single payer. Single payer is, is become a major platform idea for some Democrats. Well, imagine the outrage outrage that's going to happen when uh, some lady wants to get an abortion and the the healthcare system goes, no, it's not life-threatening. We can't pay for that right now. Imagine the outrage that's going to happen when that happens. Because if if it goes through, that will happen. Yeah, well, it very very well could. It will most likely happen. Yeah, so, like, right now... We currently have something in place called the Hyde Amendment that prevents public money from being used for abortions, which is why, like, Planned Parenthood always says, like, no public money is used for abortions. Technically, legally, legally they can't use any government funding for abortions. But there are a lot of Congress people who want to eliminate the Hyde Amendment so that public money can be used to fund abortions, especially for... Uh, poorer and on average black black stu- people uh, seeking abortions that couldn't afford it on their own. But I, I think you raise a good point in that even if you know the Hyde Amendment were eliminated, single payer were were instituted, I, I would be very curious to see what would happen if that was ever if that ever happened. Because I can see it happen. Oh yeah, for sh- for sure. There, it would only, 
I mean, in some minds of like hardcore leftists, that's like they would their heads would explode because there there'd be such internal conflict. Oh, they yeah. wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't they, they wouldn't know who to blame because yeah. like, they're the ones implementing yeah. the system. So they're the ones that tell the girl that they can't have the abortion. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. I think they would just collapse yeah. from just sheer just overwhelming yeah. what's going on with the situation. But I mean that's not I mean that's not out of the realms of possibilities. If someone deems no, we don't have it is not in the government's interest to pay for your abortion at the moment because it's a not it's it's one not life threatening and two it will cost more. I mean there's like there's just not enough money or you've used all the money you have, you know, so far. I I am confused uh, about this specific case though, um, and and of course the Charlie Guard case just because because I I'm I, I'll admit I'm entirely ignorant on this issue. Clearly, what what was preventing Charlie Guard's parents from seeking treatment elsewhere was bureaucracy, was some law, was something. Um, I'm I'm I don't under, what I don't entirely understand is is why that's present and if there would be a way within a single payer system or that you know could be worked around and I'm sure you know I'm sure many people would be like there is it's an easy fix but like for this case specifically maybe but that's the thing when it comes to law and procedure it's about principle broadly apply a principle that is supposed to go across the board. So if you limit something here, what else might you be, even if indirectly limiting, or somewhere that, yeah. else? So I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, Let's, I'm curious the, about this. Another point is, uh, like, again, I'm somewhat angry, but as far as I know, it's like everything I have, the reason people come to America to, like, get healthcare to like get uh, healthcare is not because it's cheaper or anything it's far more expensive but because simply because it's better and the reason people leave America to go get healthcare is because it's cheaper elsewhere and so if like the you know the life saving uh, procedure you can have but like here in America but you know our single healthcare payer system says no you can't use that and it's not available anywhere else well you're really screwed at that point yeah yeah, I mean, and I mean, there are like some procedures you can get in China because U.S. law prevents it here, or even uh, yeah, that just sounds sketchy. Assisted suicide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to be real desperate at that. Point. Yeah, you can't get you can't get end of life care and assisted suicide here in the U.S. You'd have to go to certain like Nordic countries in Europe to, to get that. You know, so there you know there are things that here that we we don't have that you can get elsewhere mainly because of regulation and law but then that raises the question what would it look like if there was regulation lifted and and fewer laws that were not rooted in principle but more about like the morality of the lawmakers that passed it at the time what would it look like if if those types of stipulations weren't in place and i i think that especially about end of life care with people who are looking into assisted suicide um, because that right there, whether or not, regardless of where you fall on that ethically, like for yourself, I have a problem with a law being present 
preventing from other people, preventing other people from taking that type of decision into their own hands for their own lives, you know. Um, but that's a larger... That's a whole other issue yeah, we can cover another on another topic. day. Speaking of uh, socialism and single-payer health care, one of the, the loudest Ooh, who could it be? I wonder. Yeah, is she the, from New York? I don't know. One of the loudest voices right now pushing single-payer is... Uh, Does her last name start with a C? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, what do you know? Uh, it's, what, but what's funny is that this is actually uh, in defense of her. Oh, interesting. What I'm about to say. Um, uh, and, of course, the, the best opponent... Opposite her is, of course, you know, Fox News and Fox and Friends. Um, yesterday, it was kind of publicly announced. I don't, I don't know if it was the first time, but people were publicly talking about salaries out of Congresswoman, I don't even know, Cortez, Acacia Cortez, out of the, the salaries out of her uh, office. And traditionally, a lot of, regardless of whether they're freshmen or, or senior Congress people, um, some of the starting salaries are like thirty-five to forty k, which in DC is nothing. No, it's a it's poverty. Um, so her office publicly decided that they would have a, a minimum annual salary of fifty-two thousand dollars, which was you know enough to live on, even even in DC. You know that was that it was generous even. And senior staff members make six figures easily. Like, you know, if you're important enough, you've been there long enough, you make six figures. If you're entry-level staff, a lot of uh, Congress people pay them near poverty line. Oddly enough, some of these people that are preaching for higher minimum wages and nonsense, but they don't even pay their people a living wage. Uh, but as much as I am not a big fan of her... She seems to be pretty principled in her where she stands in some of these things. I still think she's ignorant, but you know, at least she's living up to her own. Yeah, standard. she's sticking to her guns. Yeah, which is not what a lot of the politicians can really say. And uh, Pete Hegseth on Fox and Friends referred to her salary, that minimum salary requirement, as an example of communism and socialism on display. That seems a bit extreme. And her office refers to it as a living wage, uh, and it is one of the highest entry-level salaries on Capitol Hill. And DC is expensive. It is very expensive. And Pete Hegseth referred to it as communism and socialism. You know, she gets as much attention as she does we, it's not because the media fawns over her. They do. As, you know, liberal media loves her. But she gets even more attention because conservatives love to attack her. And they feed the, they feed the beast probably more than, than liberals who love her do. This is, I mean, this is the exact same thing that happened with Trump in the election. Liberal yeah. news coverage were like, they couldn't shut up about Trump. No. They loved him. And that was happening. They loved to hate him. Conservatives love to hate her. And this right here is just... Complete idiocy. Referring to a congresswoman paying her staff a living wage as communism and socialism, it's just purely out-of-touch nonsense that is 
the trademark of Fox News and Fox and Friends, <laughs> and and it it's it just goes to show that they they are willing to stoop to any level of absurdity to attack her, just as many liberal news outlets will do with Trump. They'll stoop to any level of absurdity to attack Trump, and and I think if 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 one side if if we're going to denounce that, we need to denounce this, and and I will be the first to say, this is absurd. No, that's that's communism and socialism. That's not what those words mean. <laughs> because you gave your people a raise. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I, it's so it, it's so absurd, and and it kind of pisses me off. Um, but yeah, so that that would uh, that was my worst of the week. Um, oh, having that's... having to see that. <laughs> that's fair. That's a pretty bad one. Good for her, bad for Fox. Yeah. It was, we just, we, it was yeah. a joke. I just, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. That's insane. What's what's your lowest point of the week? Uh, so my lowest point of the week actually happened about two hours ago. Or actually, yeah, about two, two, three hours ago. Uh, when we were hanging out. That actually after you left. <laughs> oh! So, so Dylan came to visit my gym today. We went swimming together. Uh, and then after we got swimming, like he left and I went to go uh, shower and change and whatnot. Anyways, I went to shower. I was walking back. I got back to my locker. And then, uh, so the way the locker's on up, there's like an aisle that you walk down. And all the lockers are in like a U-shaped face in that aisle. And so I was facing with my butt towards the aisle. Uh, I had my swim trunks on. Or I had my towel around me because I didn't have my, I had just take my swim trunks for the tower, uh, for the shower. Took my towel off, like hung it on my locker. And I just heard this little kid go, Ew! Behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard the, I heard the dad go, don't say that. And then start <laughs> walking. Oh I didn't turn around fast enough. So I was like, I can't, I can't get my underwear on like really right, quick. Yeah, and I turned around. I guess like they, they continued walking. But I was just like, it was oh the funniest Because the kid was probably like maybe like five or six. And I just hear like, it just happened. Like as soon as I took my towel off. I just heard this little kid, ew! Oh my god, damn it! That's hilarious. (laughs) I could tell the dad was like, don't say that! Like, shut the kid up as fast as he could. But that was was my worst of the week because I was like, oh man. That's that's a low point. (laughs) That's kind of low point. Is your best of the week lighthearted? Yeah, the best okay. week is like really. It's it's very specific to me. Okay, well, is well, yours not lighthearted? Well, I mean, it's not like it's not, but we'll end with you. I, I'll go. I'll go right now. Uh, my best of the week. There's kind of two. One last night, uh, yeah, the Green Book won uh, Best Picture at the Oscars. That's well, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have two best of weeks now. Okay, uh, so they won uh, Best Picture, uh, wonderful movie, uh, deserving deserving movie right there. Um, second. Uh, I, this it's sad, but it's funny. Uh, you know there was a, a report put out by the New York Times this week about the way um, Amy Klobuchar treats her staff. Uh, she's currently a, she's a I want to say from Minnesota. She's a senator out of Minnesota, running for Democratic nominee for presidency. Um, she was already kind of like she, you know she doesn't have the recognition of like Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren so she already like wasn't really she's hardly a front runner um and then this report comes out and people are pretty just disgusted by like I mean there were like over two dozen former staffers that talked to the New York Times about this you know this wasn't a couple disgruntled boys this was this two dozen people you know 
So I feel like that might just be the the nail in that uh, coffin, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought it was very funny. But one such incident uh, was she once her assistant or one of her staffers brought her a salad and didn't remember to grab a fork. So she ate it with her comb and then made the staffer clean her comb. What? It's just... What? It's so stupid. I mean, it's it's not like Bond villain ridiculousness, but like, it's it's like... It's that's, still that's dumb. like, it's a like whole just level. weird. Yeah, that's just, just a whole other level. Why? It's just like really, why do you? You can get up and go get a fork, <laughs> or just like oh, like just be like oh, can you grab me a fork? Yeah, you right. have to do this ridiculous dramatic thing. Uh, but actually, what's funny, and and this is maybe you know, again something maybe we can talk about next week since we're running a little long. But I'm I'm curious because. You know me. I'm not. I'm not really one of those people that says, "Oh, this is, this is bad because, you know, people hate women, or this is bad because people hate this group, or whatever." But I am curious with how she treats her staffers. If she were a man, if that treatment wouldn't be so appalling. You know, I would like to think it would be equally appalling, but like you almost like half expect it from a man. Which is, almost, which is almost sadder in a way. Well, it is. Oh, I expect it, you know, a guy to be just awful. Yeah. It's certain, so. Like, I don't say that with pride as a man. Yeah. In fact, I say that with shame. But at the same time, like, Trump treating his staff like crap, like, no one would be surprised to hear that. Some of his supporters would be like, yeah, because he's tough, you know? But then, like, Amy Klobuchar, who's a woman, suddenly, she's not tough, she's a bitch. Despite the fact that she's doing... Or, you know, hypothetically could be doing the same thing a man would be doing when the man's tough and demanding and she's a bitch. Well, a man would just, a man would have eaten us out with his hands. And then, of okay. course, well, his, shut up. His assistant washed his manly hands for him. I, I, just, I just, I think that's interesting. I mean, obviously, I don't really like her and, you know, I'm glad she, her campaign's that's, probably dead I'm, before it's really even got started. But, you know, still, just that, that, the reason why I'm curious because if you think, that's bad. Um, you got to remind yourself. Well, if you think that's bad and you're a Trump supporter, you got to remind yourself who you support, you know, <laughs> and remind yourself, oh, yeah, maybe maybe my guy is even more sickening and ridiculous. Anyway, we'll finish with you. Mine are pretty, like, very simple. So, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Picture. It did. It did. Which it very much deserved. Yeah. I don't know. Did you ever see it? I didn't. Okay. No, I you didn't. Sh- you definitely should. It's worth a watch. It's. I've heard o- that. Overall, it's a the storyline is one of the just better superhero storylines I've seen really? in a long time. Yeah, it beats most Marvel movies, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Uh, like honestly, oh wow, well, well, okay. Let me jump on that real quick. Speaking of worst of the week, Black Panther shouldn't have been nominated for anything, <laughs> let alone won anything. Maybe I mean maybe the costume design. The costume design was, super but like well, it was also up against like the favorite. You know, I'm just I'm just like really really did did Black Panther deserve no. to win? No, but no. Either way, I don't even think it should have been nominated. I actually think it was a pretty mediocre film. Like, Iron Man, Infinity War, 
the first two Avengers. Oh, Infinity War way better. Was so good. And then and then like Black Panther, it was just because almost everyone in there was a person of color that it was more of a cultural statement to get it nominated for all yeah. this stuff. I don't think it deserved to win anything. No, no, I don't no. think it really deserved a nomination. No. It was kind of a trash movie, completely overrated. But anyway, sorry, go go move on <laughs> with what you're saying. Man, honestly. <laughs> sorry. As far as like Marvel like Spider Man of the Spider Verse is probably the is the best Spider Man movie they've ever made. Even better than the first one with Tobey Maguire. Even better than the first one with Tobey Maguire. I don't know. I'll have to watch this and find out. It is. It's it's spectacular. Just because right. the, the animation style is very different than anything that's ever been done before. The soundtrack is just perfect for it. The like the story, the interactions, the characters. It's just it's all so good. And the, anim- the animation is what kills it. Like the the colors and just the way it's done are just. Yeah, it does the, look the, very. The last cool. few scenes. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Where. Things are, things are just getting kind of warped and crazy. The animation just is... It blows my mind just how yeah. well done it is. Yeah, it's better than most Marvel movies, I'd say. It, I, it I definitely deserved. It. If you haven't seen it yet, like, go watch it. It's not a kid... Like, I know people think, like, oh, it's a kid's movie because it's animated. It's a cartoon. It's very much enjoyable for adults. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm 25 years old, and I was... I was... I enjoyed the entire movie. I didn't think it was... It did not pander to kids, like, whatsoever. You even dealt with some, like... A little heavier topics as well. Because, uh, like, it's, it, there's some pretty blatant deaths in the movie. You're like, oh. Oh, dang. That's that's pretty rough. <laughs> it's... So, yeah. Definitely... It definitely deserved best, best animated film. Hands down. Uh, and then I have... My second best of the week is... It's really just a personal thing where one of my favorite bands, A Day to Remember, is announced a tour date. Oh, really? Here in Oklahoma City. Oh, at, yeah? At the Diamond Ballroom. Oh. And I am so happy because I've been wanting to see them for a long time now. I'll go with you. I'm so I like A Day to Remember. I am so excited that they're coming to Kansas. It's in June 11th, which is near my birthday as well. Oh, there which you is go. Like even birthday better. celebration. So it's like as soon as the tickets go live, I'm, I'm purchasing. I'm purchasing. When do they go live? Uh, March first. How much are they gonna be? I don't know. That's the thing I'm kind of worried about. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, it's my birthday present to me. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm buying a ticket. I'm, I'm going to see them live. That's, That's especially true. at Diamond Ballroom. That's gonna be a blast. Right. It's gonna be so much fun. Right. So that's um, it. I saw. <laughs> I saw this real when you were talking. I saw this on Twitter, uh, from the Onion. One of, of you know, one of the greatest news outlets in oh, the country. Um, their headline: "Nation still outraged." Nineteen thirty-three best picture went to Calvacade instead of Lady for a Day. Uh, and then the quote is: "I'm sorry, but I'll never forgive the Academy for that horse shit decision." Uh, <laughs> not you know that that's funny, but what the, what it's applicable at least for me is actually in nineteen ninety four, where best picture didn't go to Saving Private Ryan. And instead went to that ridiculous Shakespeare film with Gwyneth Paltrow. What what Shakespeare film? I don't. I don't let me look at what like it is. The best war movies ever made. It's one of the best movies ever made. It's an amazing and movie. Yeah, it's so. I, I'm gonna look uh, real quick. Okay, it might have been. I think it was 1998, not 1994. I think, but uh, Saving Private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in Love. Uh, it was a, a whimsical reinterpretation of literary history, and it lost. It was a crap movie. 
and it lost. It, I mean, it won to Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, by by any standard, a fantastic movie, and the greatest war movie so far. It's. It, I don't know if it's the greatest. It's one of the. It's greatest. certainly one of the it's, greatest. It's definitely up there. I mean, and and it's just a great movie in general. It lost to some crappy. What was the name of this movie? movie? Shakespeare in Love. I've never even heard of that. Movie. Yeah. Uh, but here's something I just I just am reading this headline right now. Uh, apparently, one of the reasons why Saving Private Ryan lost is because it got blocked by none other than Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> well, he he has a hard he had a hard on for Gwyneth Paltrow though, didn't he? Like like they were buddy buddy. No, I don't know, but uh, pretty sure. Uh, in in here, uh, part of it is is because apparently Harvey Weinstein was one of the listed producers who would receive an Oscar if Shakespeare in Love won, and you know that man for quite a while has had a lot of power in Hollywood. Yeah. So if you didn't need any more reason to hate him, here's another reason. <laughs> yeah, he got the same prior. That's the one. Like the, <laughs> the more and more I learn about the Oscars. The more I don't care. It is yeah, the, the more biggest... you learn about just Hollywood in general. The Oscars is the biggest circle jerk for it the is. most it is. most celebrated employee of the year award yeah. ever yeah. made. I mean, it's one big circle jerk where everyone from Hollywood just gets together. Jerks each other off and then says on. some political bullshit. Which happened last night. Rami Malek, who won uh, Best Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody... You know, was talking about how this guy was was a gay immigrant who was unapologetically himself, and and clearly we want more stories like that. And I don't even disagree with that sentiment. I'm all aboard with that sentiment. Sentiment, but you're saying that here because it's popular. You're not taking any risk no, if, saying that in front of that audience. If it was in California, if it was still popular that coal is the future, they would be vomiting that out. Exactly. It, the, they just vomit out whatever people want to hear. Exactly. It's not about right. taking a principled stand for the sake of someone else's humanity or human rights. It's I th- about I think my favorite my favorite ones are when they're like uh, they talk about the common man or like you know the yeah. the the poor and like the the people you know on the poverty level or whatnot. When yeah. they're flying like private jets and you know you yeah. see Leonardo DiCaprio on a yacht with supermodels like yeah. what are you talking about? Like if you really cared. Yeah. You actually cared. Or even, I mean, even beyond poverty, I mean, even something like climate change. I mean, every single time Leonardo DiCaprio goes and meets with politicians to talk about climate change, he takes his private jet that puts <laughs> more CO2 into the atmosphere than me driving my car for a, for five years. But, you know, I'm, I'm poor yeah. and not Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. There are a few actors, like, actually, like... Um, no, the he plays Loki in all the Marvel movies. Right, yeah, what is his name? He's a, like from what I've heard, he's actually he actually does like a lot of uh, actually a lot of like charity work. He actually seems like a decent guy. Also, Keanu Reeves is just like one of the coolest guys ever. Like he actually is a super decent human being. Like he gave Tom away Hiddleston. like Tom Hiddleston. He's yeah. a good guy. Keanu Reeves, I think like most of what he made for the Matrix, he gave away. Oh, really? I want to say, like I, I want to say, let me, let me. I mean, there, do... I will. Like there are, there are some uh, celebrities that stand up. I mean, especially when it's like applicable, like uh, 
if it's something regarding the arts or free speech or artistic expression, um, that's great. Like whenever uh, George Clooney said Je suis Charlie after that shooting at uh, in Paris at that one comic, that satirical news where like a bunch of their staff was killed just because uh, Charlie Hebdo a bunch of their staff was killed because they drew a picture of Muhammad. Like, oh, yeah. George Clooney getting up there and saying, Just Sweet Charlay, it makes sense. And it's powerful saying that even in the face of this type of hatred, um, we're going to stand in, in our liberal values and say that free speech is worth fighting for. But then, like, someone getting up there and talking about how important immigrants are right before they announce that Roma won like best director. I mean, I agree and I'm I'm all for it, but like you don't care. You're no. saying that because of because it's popular. Yeah. Because immigrants are right now such a hot topic with this current administration. So look this up. So most people don't know this, but uh, it was reported that Reeves gave approximately Eighty million of his one hundred and fourteen million earnings from the Matrix sequels, Matrix Reloaded, the Matrix Revolutions, to the special effects and the makeup staff. What? Yeah. What did they do? Well, apparently they don't like. Like, like apparently they don't like they don't get paid nearly as much. So he right. was just like, always like if you've seen the Matrix, like the makeup and special effects, like yeah. they're the ones that made the movie. Yeah. And the fact that he like I think he kind of recognized that he's like, he's like yeah. I'm just kind of actor like. You y'all like deserve a lot of this money as well. Right. I think that's, I think that's a good sign of like a sign of just like his character. Like, no, he he understands. Like he's more of a human. Speaking of Keanu like Reeves, I'm so excited for John Wick three. Dude, I can't cannot wait. wait for that movie. <laughs> okay, Keanu, Keanu, like John Wick is one of, one of the best action films that's come oh, out in the last decade. I mean, not only is it just it's. It's a beautiful film, but it's also so kick-ass. You know, it's got both the best of both worlds. Oh, he like he is one of the few action stars that actually does action well. Like, there's not fifty thousand yeah. jump like jump cuts. Yeah, like it's like oh, you're there's watching not jump cuts. There's not there's not like half of it's animated. No, oh. with the Matrix, some of that's animated, but but that was just because it was like crazy stuff yeah. was going on. He's he yeah. dodging bullets. You see, half the time with with even like the Avengers, it's either animated yeah. or they're stunt doubles. Except in Civil War, actually, the uh, the fight scenes between Captain America and uh, Bucky. Those, oh, were, yeah, those yeah. were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were really, really yeah, yeah. good. Those were great. Uh, but yeah, Keanu Reeves, like, and if you watch videos of him, like, like he's posted videos of him doing, uh, I think it's called Three Gun, like, he'll do shooting demonstrations, and, like, he is John Wick in he real is. life. I it's mean, impressive, like, how fast he, he can cycle away. He, he, yeah, he's talked about, like, having to pick all this up since the last movie that's, like, closest to it was back in The Matrix, and that was... You know, 15, 20 years ago, he was a lot younger. So having to do all these kinds of stunts and this type of combat while he's this much older, you know, it's it's uh, taking a toll on his body. But, like, you know, he's still got it. Oh, he's yeah. still he, got it. Like, he's, he's one of the... Like, John Wick 3 is probably one of... Besides, like, the Avengers series, I'm... Like, I'm... Like, it's second is John Wick 3. I'm so excited for John Wick Three. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great because the second one was also really good. Oh yeah, and then this third one is looking to be. I'm I'm so excited from the, from the trailers. I'm I'm yeah. really excited. Right. I'm real really excited. We're pushing an hour and a half, so we're All gonna right. 
go ahead and call it for this week. <laughs> All right, well, I hope you all have a great week. Stay classy. Stay classy. Stay classy. I'm Dylan. He's Dylan. All right. Goodbye. Have a great week, folks. Carpe Noctum is a production by Amateurs, hosted by Dylan Shoup and Dylan Kiever. Quick thanks to bensound.com for our theme music. Join us again next time.